So welcome. So we can get started. Three cheers of joy as we always start. I got my 50 years of joy wine glass from Stephanie's Specialties. And I'm drinking a Cabernet, a Sau uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. And it is a um, looking glass, I think. It's like the Walgreens store brand where you get like three bottles for $12 or something like that. So that's my wine tonight. And the reason that's my wine tonight is because it's the wine that I had last week for my Joy Exposed live event, which we'll talk about that in a bit. But anyway, three cheers of joy. Let's get started. First thing. I took off, my first cheer of joy is that I took off Friday, I was off Monday, and I took off Tuesday. So I literally had about five days to just kind of veg out and recoup in my brain different things that were was going on for me. So that's my first cheer of joy to taking five days off in a row. So cheers. Hi, Varisa. Hi, Chance. So that's my first cheer of joy. So cheers to that. My second cheer of joy is that I watched a lot of TV. And you know, I don't watch TV. So I watched a lot of TV. I watched um, the Aaron Hernandez story, which is crazy. And then I watched that Tyler Perry movie, The Fall from Grace after that. And then I watched something else, all of that in the same night. So needless to say, my dreams were shit because I don't watch TV. And I know that I don't watch TV because I think too much. So that meant I was dreaming all kinds of crazy psycho stuff all night. So it was not a good night's sleep, but it didn't matter because I didn't have to go to work the next day. So that was all good. So that's my second cheer of joy. I got some good TV time in. So cheers to good TV time. And my third cheer of joy, um, I would have to say somewhere between Monday and Tuesday, I started recognizing that the things that were irritating me at my job literally had nothing to do that I'm working and walking in my gift. And so that was my human self, right? Our human selves, we get caught up in the things around us and we let them weigh us down. And I even said, I even told my um, supervisors that the noise was getting so loud that I felt like I was losing my way. So. You know, and I, I had to be honest to say that because that's how I felt. You know, at work, stuff gets so caught up and uh, everybody gets so caught up in stuff and everybody wants this attention and that attention. And, you know, and I was just like, just stop the noise. Like, can we just do what we're here to do? Like, everybody do their job. We'll be in a good place. So instead of me getting frustrated and questioning why I was there, I was actually get to a place of understanding that. My being there and being in my gift, literally the noise around me, I have to figure out how to shut it off because I have to, you know, pay it. I got to do what I'm supposed to do for my gift and for the universe. So cheers to recognizing your gift is your own and everybody around you who may try to interfere with your gift, all they want is attention. They want your attention. They want to be a part of what you have. They want what you have. And it's not even a jealousy. It's not even a hating. It's just that people look at you and see something so magnetic that they want to be a part of it. And instead of coming and saying, I want to be a part of it, I want to spend time with you, I want, instead of articulating that, they are kind of clawing from different directions of what they manipulate you into things. So, but hell, that has, uh-oh, but hell, that has nothing to do with me, right? So I had to recognize that wasn't my thing and I had to let that go. 
So that's my third cheer of joy, recognizing and understanding I am in my gift. And all that noise around me has nothing to do with me. So cheers to that. Now, my three cheers of joy. The first one, I took five days off from work. The second was I like I watched a lot of TV, the Aaron Hernandez story, crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, and then uh, recognizing that I'm in my gift and people around me can't take from it. They can't make it something else and they can't draw me into their yuckiness. But that was my, like I said, my human self being drawn into it because I am human and um, I am compassionate. So I have to make sure that I don't get caught up in the noise around me. So there's my three cheers of joy. I hope you guys are celebrating something tonight. Like I said, I'm drinking good cabs, full body cab, and my 50 years of joy. I guess I could still drink out of this until August, right? Then it'll be 51 years. So let's just stick with this for now. So um, welcome, everybody. Let's have us a good time tonight. So let's talk about um, one thing I wanted to spend a little time talking about was the Aaron Hernandez documentary if you guys watched it or not but it's on um netflix and it's aaron hernandez and bless his heart he was an amazing amazingly gifted football player like nobody's business he's an awesome freaking football player he was an aw awesome freaking football player and he showed to me watching it it's almost you knew he was like a sociopath or a psychopath because he never really showed any emotion. Like it didn't matter what the situation was, the height of the game, whatever. He was never emotional about it. He was just very vacant and he would smile. He was really good looking, a good looking man too. So when I watched that and I thought, how many sociopaths do I know? And hell, I'm probably a sociopath to some extent, right? I think we all have some tendencies to try to live. That line is a thin line between doing the socially accepted thing and then doing whatever the hell you want to do. So, you know, I think we all deal in that, you know, we have some crazy ass thoughts and crazy ass opportunities to get caught up in stuff. And when people get caught up in stuff, we usually want to save them and we want to, we want to reason with them and why they're doing it and trying to make it right and trying to make it better. But we don't understand that they're really living a split kind of a divisive kind of life right so they have two things going on and they're able to juggle them both so i thought that was really interesting i thought he was just a phenomenal football player and i think um probably a lot of athletes have you know some of the similar characteristics of being able to stand the crowd of 80,000 people cheering for you and then trying to be a regular person in a group of 10. <laughs> you know, it's like if you have 80,000 people cheering for you, you like you want that all the time, but you I think you have to in your mind to be able to separate what this greatness that people are cheering for and just being with people who are close to you and who love you and that you interact with because I think that's really hard. I feel like maybe a lot of celebrities or athletes or just people have a hard time kind of living those double lives right you know i have a hard time with that but i enjoyed the aaron hernandez um movie it's three episodes and i watched it with um my faceless love because you know he lives out of town so that was our kind of date night thing that we did we watch um we'll do that sometimes watch movies together 
and talk about them throughout the movies just to have that moment of connectivity. So that was the choice. And I thought we were going to watch one episode, but then the second one and then the third one. And we were both like, get the fuck out. He was bananas, right? So, but I enjoyed it a lot. And if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Now, after the Aaron Hernandez, I wasn't ready to go to sleep because I had slept all day. So I wasn't sleepy. So I ended up watching... Uh, a fall from grace now at the time that I said I was gonna watch it I didn't know at the time it was a Tyler Perry movie I just thought well people are talking about it's a new movie out on Netflix a fall from grace and Felicia Rashad is in it you know kind of those kind of draw you to it and uh, I ended up watching it and then I realized at some point that it was a Tyler Perry movie and I was like well I might as well I'm gonna go ahead and watch it you know finish it and I did and um the reviews on Facebook have been, you know, people can be harsh. Social media is a fickle motherfucker, boy. They love you or they don't, but it's fickle. So um, so there's been some good reviews and there have been some bad reviews. And I try not to leave reviews on movies because I don't watch a lot of movies. And I know on a regular what I see in my head, a lot of people don't. A lot of people can't see it, even in conversation about things. So I try to not put that judgment of me, how I see it on other people. Um, I think that the story was rushed, right? I think there's a lot that could have happened between the start and the finish, probably three good movies, if the detail and time and attention were paid to them individually, that probably could have been three different movies and just kind of... Um, paid attention to that yumminess that draws us in that keeps the crowd you know but tyler perry has been making the his movies are tyler perry movies you they're distinct you can his movies are distinct like spike lee movies are distinct something about them that you're watching them you already know what this is about shoot um what's the guy from pulp fiction oh i forgot the guy's name with their pulp fiction his movies are uh, distinctive. You see those and you're like, oh, I know who this is. You already, oh, he did this. Oh, he did this. Um, yeah, so, you know, I knew it and I didn't freak out about it. Um, Quentin Tarantino, that's it. I didn't even get to look it up. Quentin Tarantino. You know his movies, as soon as you see him, you know it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. So, you know, I don't, I think people should watch it just to kind of see what they want to see, <laughs> see what they think about it. I mean, there's a Tyler Perry is a hustler for sure. He's made a billion dollar industry just on his blood and sweat and tears alone. He's got his own um, studio, Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. You know, so he's got all these amazing things happening. Um, so there's got to be something said for the way that he makes his movies because he has this huge following of people who make sure they contribute and they're a part of and they support him. So, you know, hands down, even if you didn't like the movie, you got to give him credit on making a connection to not even black communities to communities you know so across the board cultural communities across the board that he's made those connections with and it's about some great stars to come out of his movies too just kind of getting in the spotlight and being picked up elsewhere so you know preference is preference some movies i like some i don't like and i don't watch a lot of them so i probably watch more tv over the past five days than i have in the past year like i just i don't watch tv like that so but you know i watched it and then you know there were questions but you know you 
There's no need to ask the questions. You know something did or didn't happen. And unless you're going to rewrite the ending and submit it, then you might as well not even talk about it. Ta-da! Right. So, you know, just kind of put it out there. Make a suggestion. Write him a letter. I think these things and this, maybe he'll pick up on it and contact you to do some work with you. But if you have ideas about making the movie better or making the movie great, get on it. Do that shit. Right. So that was me watching TV all weekend and resting a lot. So I have to say this because you guys know who watch me, who come and watch the podcast every week. You know that every five to six weeks, I'm thinking I have this funky ass blah that I get into. So this was my blah time. And I think it was exacerbated because my Joy Exposed Live didn't pan out and I was really hurt by it. I was embarrassed. Um, so, so that happened on Thursday. Then some other stuff happened at work on the same day. So I was like, and I think I made a post that said, today was that day. Like all the shit that could have happened, happened. So whatever, I'm going to go to bed. I got home and had a couple glasses of wine and decided I wasn't going to go to work the next day. I just felt horrible, just mentally just fucked up. Like I needed a day. So I took a day. And um, so let's see what happened. So Thursday night, I was asked to do the third Thursday uh, of each month at um, an event space in West Tampa. And you guys know I talk about West Tampa all the time, how much it's growing. My favorite cigar bar is there. And I was asked to do an event there. So the first um, time was in November. And then I was had about 16 guests. And I did it for free. The second time was in December. Well, they somebody booked a musician on the same night of my event. So I changed my event, right? I'll was, I was just change it to next week, whatever. So I contacted the people who had RSVP. That was a free event too. Contacted them, let them know that I was moving, but it was the day after Christmas. So there wasn't a lot of response to that. So I didn't get any R- RSVPs for that. So I canceled that like Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday before. No worries. Because I was doing it again in January, had a plan. I'm marketing. I'm going to sell tickets this time. I'm going to include a wine bar. You know, I've got it all mapped out what I'm going to do. And so I've made some really awesome flyers. You guys probably seen them floating around. I've made um, some really awesome flyers. Hi, Sierra. And I went out and um, did some marketing. You guys know I'm working on talking to strangers. So that was a big thing for me. I went out, did some marketing, met people, invited them to my event, told them where they could get tickets, that they're $20. It's going to be a wine bar. So I only sold about 10 tickets. Like So I sold 10 tickets on Eventbrite. But then I had other people to contact me and tell me that they were coming. So, you know, maybe I would have ended up about 15 or 16 people. So Thursday I worked suck ass day at work i just told you guys that i get to um my cigar bar that's close to the event space i go in there i get a glass of wine i just make myself chill out i got an hour i polish my toes i'm sitting there talking to one of the co-owners just getting in the mood right like so i keep checking the event space it's not open check the event space it's not open not open so 6 35 I get a call, well, I get a message from somebody on Facebook saying, hey, we're here, are you here? And I was like, oh, here, I'm gonna come out. So I went outside, I flagged them down, and they came back into the cigar bar with me to sit and wait for the event space to open. So now we're sitting there, we're talking, I got them a glass of wine, I thanked them for, for coming, they came from Lakeland, and 
you know, so I'm like, okay, so guests are coming, you know, I'm excited. Well, it's like quarter to seven, still not open. The event space isn't open. Seven o'clock, still not open. And I, quarter to seven, I sent a message. Hey, what time are you going to get here? Because remember, I need to, I'm starting at seven. I need to set up my wine bar. I got to get my book set up. You know, I got to get my little thing. I got to get my little mojo happening, you know, so I went ahead and changed clothes because they were like, let's take some pictures. So I was like, well, let me put on some clothes, put my clothes on. So I went and changed clothes. We took some pictures and hanging out. Seven o'clock, nothing. 7.15, I get a text message from one of the people that kind of co-managed the space asking me if I was there. So it's the people outside had come and gone because it looks like it's closed. There's nothing happening there. And I was like, of course I'm here, you know, and it's not he, open. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, da, 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 he goes through. And I was just like, but what am I, what am I supposed to do? That's literally where I was. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? So I just start telling the, the people that, well, I'm going to reimburse you. You know, I'll give you your money back. I'm, thank you so much for coming. I'm sorry that I don't know what's going on. You know, I'll just send you your money. And then, you know, they were like, the a couple, a uh, few that were there were like, no, don't, don't reimburse us. Just the next time you have an event, just let us come. You're fine. It's not your fault. Don't, don't reimburse us. Just when you have the next one, we'll be there. And that's it. Right. I'm like, okay, that's it. So I sat there and I talked for a little bit, trying to kind of get in the mood, trying to shift gears to, can I go to the hangout? Like, can I switch from, I'm about to do this event to now I'm going to hang out. Well, 7.30, I couldn't. I was unhappy. I was upset. I felt like I wanted to cry. And I was embarrassed because people had driven from Lakeland. And they weren't just Black people. One was Dominican. One was uh Latina from Mexico, you know, and then there was a white guy. Like, so, and then there was a Black guy. So, you know, there are people, and I'm just sitting there like, and this is reflective of me. So my feelings were really hurt. So Thursday was a suck-ass day for me. And then when I got in the car to drive back home, which is like 45 minutes away, the owner sent me a text and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know how I, you, I can ever repay you. And I, and I was just like, what the fuck? So I just said, no worries. You know, so I was on my way home. And uh, I just decided I'm not going to address it tonight because I didn't really know what my feelings were. Like, am I feeling like this because I'm embarrassed? Am I feeling like this because I've, it's compounded on the other shit that's happened today? Or what are my legit feelings for this moment, right? And so I just decided to have me a couple glasses of wine. And this is the wine I'm drinking tonight, the same wine that I purchased for the wine bar last week. And I just decided to have a couple drinks and then I went to bed and I was just like, I guess this is part of it. Like this is a part of growing up. This is a part of growing a business and trying to get um, a following and kind of stepping out on some things. And I know that most of you don't know this, but remember I went through some bullshit with somebody back in July, right? <laughs> when I was in Italy and then I had to come back in that August to handle it. So I've already been through the bullshit of somebody 
manipulating or lying or trying to take advantage of or not doing what they're supposed to do. I won't even say manipulating. I won't even say lying. I'll say not doing what they're supposed to do, what their part is. So I'm a little tense on that, right? So I've already caught myself in that. And now I'm like, okay, this feels familiar. So now it's time to bow out. So, yep, trial and error, you're right, Chance. So the next morning when I woke up on Friday, I just sent a message and said, hey, um, you just take Joy Exposed off the calendar for February and March, that I'm, I won't be holding my events there anymore. And that was it. And, you know, she did reply and she said, I'm sorry, I, I don't even, I don't blame you. And um, that was it. So, shit, I was like, I can't be getting caught up in this BS, right? Like, I can't. I don't like that feeling. I don't like feeling vulnerable and somebody not doing what they're going to do. And then it's, I'm the face of it. Like I'm, I'm literally the face of what I'm doing, you know, and all of my marketing. So, and it, it kind of took the wind out of myself. So I spent Friday in like a dark, dark space, like trying to figure out, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. You know, one instance, you can have a hundred of them next confirmation and one thing you're like, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. And instead it's more like, maybe I wasn't supposed to do that. Not that I'm not supposed to do it, but maybe that wasn't the thing I was supposed to do. And how do I do something different? So, you know, we have to kind of take our time on that and see um, how it feels and what we're changing about it. The flip side is um, I did pick up a Saturday, March 28th, March 28th in Atlanta. I'll be at a cigar bar called Maduro's Cigar Lounge on Cumberland Parkway on Cumberland Boulevard is in Atlanta. So you'll see that on my Facebook. You guys, are, I'd love for you guys to come hang out. I'm going to read. I'm doing a reading and book signing. So that's strictly from my book, a different kind of my other side of what I do. So I'm reading from my book and I'll do a book signing and answer questions, usually some yummy conversation. And it's a cigar lounge. So they'll have cigars and a cocktail and cocktails, you know, that kind of thing. So there are, I think right now, still some of the free tickets. Well, it's, you can come for free, but you can also purchase the autographed copy of my books or book early so that, um, you can cop get a copy of my <coughs> book early and that'll save you some money from trying to buy it on the spot there. So I'm just trying to sell the books that I'm going to sell when people get there. I can already have them autographed for them and give them to them and just to kind of, you know, increase my sales that way. So, Hey, Kathy, been there, done that, huh? Yes, ma'am. It hurt my soul. Thank you. I saw you got your ticket to the event on the 28th. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. So the link for the Eventbrite is on my website and um, just go if you want to come. If you're in the Atlanta area, I see several of you are. If you guys are in the Atlanta area, you want to come hang out. We're definitely going to have a cigar and have a cocktail during and after. So I'd love to hang out with all of you. So that's that. So that was my weepy five days. And then I finally got my ass up and started moving around on Monday. I did yoga Monday morning. Wait a minute. That's not true. I did yoga Tuesday morning and I did yoga this morning and I felt much better the afternoon. I had, I did get up at some point and twist my hair. That might've been Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember, but I just had to do something in the moment to make myself know that I was alive. So, um, yeah, but anyway, it was a very restful weekend. I didn't feel 
Um, I didn't feel bad. Usually when I'm in that yucky moment, I start trying to figure out where all my yucky is coming from, how to get rid of things, right? Um, and I didn't do that. I just kind of laid around in it and just, I felt really secure in it. I felt safe. My mind wasn't wandering or didn't feel insecure or questioning about people in my life. So, you know, I, it was a safe moment for me. I didn't, I didn't have any worries. So that was my five days off was actually really good. So cheers to those five days. Now, I know you guys can see that I have on some long johns tonight. I'm cold here. I'm in Central Florida, and it is cold. <laughs> I was literally trying to figure out, figure out what I was going to put on, because I was like, I'm cold, and the heat is on. So it, the heat is on, and I'm still cold. And I had on some leggings and um, a long sleeve shirt that I sleep in, but I still felt a chill kind of to my bones. And then I was going to put on this sweater. And I was like, what can I put on that I'm still comfortable and I'm sitting on my favorite office piece of furniture. And um, I saw my long johns that I'd taken with me to Boston and I was like, oh, perfect. So I threw those on for you uh, for tonight. So it's cold here. This morning I left the house. I had on some boots and gloves and a coat. And it was about 32, 31, 32 degrees. And I'm like right east of right east of Tampa. So I'm in the middle of Tampa and um, Orlando. So, and it was cold. So I um, had to make sure I, you know, keep it together because I was tripping. So anyway, I got on my long johns tonight, long john shirt, long john bottoms, and I got on some socks. So when I get off the air, I will go to sleep just like this. Nice and comfy. So we shall move on to our Facebook post of the week. And let me find it. You guys know I'm always flipping through my pictures. Um, here it is. So I saw one yesterday. I think I have a couple maybe. But this one I wanted to talk because, you know, I'm always talking about our placement in other people's lives. And um, uh, our placement in other people's lives and how we let people make use of us and relegate us to these like yucky ass spaces. So this is a post that Wendell Lamar Hatcher had. It said, quote, unquote, so quote, unquote, I'm talking to someone. You know, if you're dating somebody, you say, oh, I'm talking to somebody. When somebody tries to talk to you, I'm talking to someone. They said, I'm talking to one equals I'm getting rawed by an N-word with no title, but I'm optimistic. Why? I was like, that's exactly what that means. So I I don't know who put this together because I think he copied it from somewhere. But when you think about, and I've talked about this, putting labels on yourself and relationships and people, I'm not big on labels. I like I honestly am not big on labels. I I don't. I my label that I'll probably use is I'm single or I'm married. Like, otherwise I'm single, like I'm single. I'm single doesn't mean I'm looking or I'm available, but it also means that I recognize the fact that the promise of, or commitment of forever hasn't been made and I shouldn't assume that that's what he wants. I shouldn't give it. So I always say that you don't take yourself off the market because you think somebody wants you to. 
they have to literally ask you to take themselves off the market. So when you're seeing somebody, you're hanging out with them, you're spending time with them. Yeah, you're hanging out, you know, and you, so you meet somebody and they're trying to get with you. They want to talk to you and you're like, oh, I'm talking to somebody. What you're pretty much saying is I'm getting robbed by somebody and I'm optimistic that it'll turn into something else. <laughs> Now that usually works. I think that works better for men than it does for women because we're the ones that are quick to take ourselves off the market and give ourselves um give give ourselves to somebody in hopes that they're going to change into or ask for us or we're doing it in hopes. So I really like that because that was real, straight to the front. Read me straight to the point. So I thought that was good. Um Let's see, Kathy said it was cold in Tampa this that uh, last weekend and then come back to Georgia and it's freezing here. So yeah, it's y'all getting it. It's been really cold up there, but this morning it was freezing here. And we just had on last week, I was walking around in shorts and a tank top, some flip-flops. Hell, by next week I'll be in shorts and a tank top and flip-flops. I rarely wear closed-toe shoes unless I have my sneakers on but it's cold down here now. So that was my Facebook, one of my Facebook posts of the week. And it just kind of helps us to remember not to take ourselves off the market in hopes. Let him ask for you. Let him tell you, I want you. I want you. I want only you. And this is what I'm promising to you. If they're not promising to you what you want, you're still single. You don't have to take it because somebody's giving it to you. What you want is what you want. And if they're not capable of giving it to you, then whatever. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. But that's me. I have to remember that's me and my 50 year old mind. Because when I was younger, I would have taken the I'm talking to, I'm talking to somebody, I'm seeing somebody, giving them a carving a place for them and taking myself off the market for somebody who, hell, honestly, didn't even fucking want me. He was just making use of me how I made myself available. And that's the truth. I ain't, ain't no sugarcoating it. He, his life wasn't together. He wasn't ready. He didn't want. He didn't want me. And when we say stuff like that, and we know that shit is true, it's easy to walk away from that. When you can say, "Oh, he doesn't want me. He didn't want me. He never did. He was just here for this. He was just there." But we never want to accept the responsibility for that. But that shit is true. I stand by that. So um, let's see. Oh, let's see. There's a post um, on Facebook going around saying to text your children and say a detective is going to call you and just tell them I was with you all day. Something like that the post says, right? So text your kids and say that and see what your kids say. So the funny part is I text my son and my daughters, both of them, I one at a time. Well, when I text them something, if I'm not doing it in the group chat, I do it in the order of birth to be fair. Oldest, middle, youngest. Like That's how I consistently send their messages. If I'm telling them all something, but I don't want it in the group, I need to have individual conversations, you know, whatever. So that's how I sent the text. Well, Joya was at work, Jasmine was asleep, and Quentin was at school. So I sent the message. Um, a police detective is going to call, say that I was with you all day. So I sent that to all of them. Joya's first, Quentin's last. Quentin responded first and said, all right, bet. He asked no questions. <laughs> he said, all right, bet, right? So I just said, okay, thanks. So then Joya responded and said, 
okay, make sure he called this number, not the 813. She's like, make sure he got the right number. Is there anything I need to know? I said, nah. She said, okay. And that was it. So there was no much, there wasn't much follow-up. But Joya is the one that has the little tinge of anxiety. So for me to tell her that, she's waiting for the detectives to call her. And that's a little stress for her. She's literally waiting for the phone to ring. So she sent me a message later and said, this isn't a joke, is it? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it is. Sorry, I forgot to text you back. And she said, girl, LMAO. And she said, what was the joke part? She's like, so like, she said, what was the joke part? I said, your response, you know, so we kind of laughed about it. But I thought that was kind of funny. Made me feel kind of good because, you know, I wouldn't ask my kids to put themselves out there for me like that. But the fact that they were just like, bet, I'm doing it, right? So I thought that was kind of funny. So I think that's pretty much it for uh, that. Let me see what else. Uh, uh, Warren asked me last week to talk about trans women of color. But I haven't um, done my research on that. So I'm going to save that for next week because that's going to be a good conversation to have. And I got to make sure he's available too, to have it. So I think that was probably my Facebook post of the week about I'm talking to somebody. That's probably the one that just had so much of my attention. Just because, you know, you, we do take ourselves off the market for people. And um Faceless Love and I, you know, we've been dating for a few years. Well, look at that, a few years, so like three. And, um, you know, we're not engaged. We have plans. Like we, got, we got stuff we're going to do. But I still have to think, like, you know, if what if something happens? <laughs> like, what if we're not? Then I'm single, right? So until we make an, uh, a move to do something more... Um, <laughs> I think until we make a move to do something uh, more permanent, which, you know, in the next year, you know, it'll start to play out what our plans and stuff are until then he's, he's single. And I think he knows that and I'm single, you know, and if he, what if something happens and he decides he wants to do something else or be with something else or take a different direction, there's nothing I can't to be like, well, I was waiting on you and I was this, da 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 you know, so we just really have to recognize adult people in adult spaces and allow them to do the things that are good for them. And um, I believe I believe that he's my soulmate, you know, so I don't think that he's going anywhere and I don't feel that I'm going anywhere. But um, we do have to recognize until we, you know, do something different. Right. So we're still very much single. Right. So. You know, like I said, we got plans. We got some nice, solid plans. And the conversations come up and it's like, what? Are we talking about this for real? Like, what? So, you know, we got some solid plans. And uh, so we'll see. You know, time will tell. Time will tell. So um, let's see. Kathy said, too funny. Oh, she texted her middle child and she said, I got you, Ma. But what's going on? <laughs> she said she texted her sister and never heard back from her. So that's funny. Yeah, but that was kind of funny on um, Facebook, the people's responses. Because some people are like, no, nah, I can't. Don't don't give them my number. Don't tell them to call me, you know. Because, you know, people are really protective. I don't want somebody to tell me and mean it. I'm going to have a detective call you, tell them we were together. I'm like, shit. No hablo, no hablo inglés. Uh-uh. Nah, nah, nah. 
I ain't even getting caught up in nobody's bull crap, right? So, oh, and that reminds me, I watched Orange is the New Black over the break too, so more nightmares. <laughs> so let me keep going. Um, I think my conversation tonight is going to be on quitting, right? It's hard to get your mind to understand that you're capable of all kinds of amazingness, right? All kinds of greatness. It's hard to get wrap your mind around it, especially when you know you haven't been pushed to these um, standards or to excellence or to do more when you've been comfortable in a space it's hard to push your mind past that space one of the things that I always heard when I because I y'all know if y'all know me y'all know I'm I'm a little meaty chick I got hips and thighs and ass and breasts like I'm I am I've never been super skinny and then with having kids and all of that I put on more weight so I've always kind of paid attention to my weight Right. So I've always kind of paid attention to that. So that meant I'm always kind of walking and trying to get some exercise in because I'm always trying to I like the way that I'm shaped. I like the way that my body looks. I like the way that my body feels when it's active. You know, so I've never I haven't been trying to be something else. I need to be comfortable because I need to be able to drink a bottle of wine without stressing out. I need to be able to eat a steak and potatoes right? And something else, the bread. Like I need to be able to do what I'm going to do. So I try to stay active enough to make sure that I'm able to live. I don't want to not have anything that I want. So moderation is key. Of course, I know that, but I want to make sure that I'm able to enjoy myself. So I do. So one of the things when I used to go to like Weight Watchers or diet programs that you hear People say, yes, thick thighs save lives. That's right. One of the things that you hear people talking about, or they would say when you go to these places, if you're on a diet or if you're, um, you know, trying to lose weight, they have to give you different things to help you cope to the way that you live. And one of the things that reminded, that always reminds me of how to do something different is that, um, they used to say the bed is your enemy. And I would be like, but I love my bed. I love my bed, <laughs> you know, but they're like, the more that you lay in your bed, the less active you're going to be in other parts of your life. So the bed is, you have to use your bed specifically for what the bed is made for. Yummy sex and sleep. That's it. You don't eat in your bed. You don't watch TV in your bed. Only use your bed for what your bed is made for. And you think about that, how much you use your bed. Look, now I'm sitting on my bed now. I use it as my recording studio, right? So I use it for my recording studio. I use it and I watch TV. These are things that I do now, but I had to get out of the habit of doing them because I realized the more that I laid around in my comfortable, warm, soft bed, the less fucking work I would do, the less active I would be, right? So I always think back, think on that when I've been in the bed for a day. Like when I'm laying around, I'm like, get up. Get up and move. Get up and stretch. Get up and pick something up off the floor. Like just get your body moving because that's true. 
we can focus on using the bed for what it's made for, it puts us in a different position to do other things. So a rule of thumb that I have, <clears throat> I don't have a, I don't usually have a TV in my bedroom because remember, I don't watch a lot of TV. So I've never needed a TV in my bedroom. And I have my room pitch black dark. I can sleep with an eye mask and earplugs on and not even worry. That's how I can go to sleep. So I'm not a problem. But because I um, stay with my daughter and my son-in-law, right? So I'm here, you know, helping with the baby and stuff and for another year or so. They have a TV in my room. So sometimes I turn the TV on and I'll lay in my bed and I'll watch TV. And I can be watching TV and I start feeling guilty as hell. Like, get your ass up. Get your fat ass up. Look at your stomach. You know, like I start giving myself a hard time because I'm spending too much time in the bed because that was the little brainwash tweak that got me back in the day. The bed is your enemy. So I really kind of stick to that. And I make, um, I use my bed specifically for what it's for. My bed isn't always open. As a matter of fact, I didn't make my bed up this morning. And this was probably the first time I haven't made my bed in 30 years, 40 years ever. Like I always make my bed. I get out of bed, I make my bed. Because it's once I'm out of it, I'm out of it. It's closed, it's brand new, it's ready for tonight. I don't leave it open to allow me to re-enter, you know, that kind of thing. And um, so I had to kind of put some things in place. I have to make sure that I walk. I have to make sure that I do some yoga. And the more that I don't move, the yuckier that I feel. And I felt that this weekend because I was literally drinking, I think the first day I drink wine, Thursday I drink wine, Friday I drink tequila, Saturday I drink tequila, Sunday I was back on wine, Monday I was on wine, Tuesday I was on wine. Like I literally had something to drink every day and I didn't eat it. I was eating chicken tenders, cooking them in the, in the air fryer, like li literally eating nothing and just laying around and watching TV. I felt so horrible. <laughs> I felt so bad, like, oh my God. And I was talking to Faceless Love. I hadn't even talked to him like for a whole day. And uh, he called me, he's like, you good? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, I just wondered what you was up to. I was like, shit, nothing. It was like nine o'clock. And then I looked at the phone. I had missed a text from him like three hours early. That's how out of it I was. I was like, yeah, I ain't doing watching TV. You know, and he could hear it in my voice. Like she is really doing nothing. And then I started telling him like, gosh, I feel really bad. I said, I was thinking I haven't taken my vitamins in my two weeks. And then um, something else I hadn't done. And he was like, well, you, you probably need to get up and move around a little bit. I was like, I'll do, I'm going to do yoga in the morning. Let me just get through the night and I'll do my yoga. Then I got up the next day and ordered my vitamins, same day delivery. And then I did my yoga. So I started feeling better <laughs> by Tuesday. I started feeling a little better. And then this morning I did it again and I was feeling a lot better. But when you allow yourself to stay in that space, you stay in that damn space. So that means from Thursday when I felt like shit because I didn't move or do anything Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I literally felt the same that I felt on Thursday. When 
it probably would have been good for me to do something Friday to get up and go walking or do yoga Friday. It would have done good for me to snap out of it, but I didn't. I was just in it. And maybe that'll help me remember that I felt like shit and I didn't like the feeling of it. And how could I be aware when something else crazy happens? You know, how do I stay on top of it? And how do I forgive myself for it? Like, how do you forgive yourself for being in a fucked up situation? You know, I had to forgive myself. I did everything that I was going to do. I had my flyers printed. I had my posters printed. I went out. I met people. I went. I did the things I said I was going to do. I'm going to talk to new people. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to tell them about my show. So all of those good things happened leading up to this event that didn't happen. And that brings me to even think, I don't even think I'd unpacked from that event until probably Monday. Like I had all my camera and tripod equipment and books and wine glasses and why I had all that shit just in the floor in my bedroom. I couldn't even make myself unpack. I was so just disgusted with the fact that it, I felt like it failed. I felt like it could have been different. I felt like, you know, I felt like going through all of those emotions when they were really, when you have to think of it like this, I did everything I was supposed to do. I did it. So I can't be held accountable or responsible for the lack of action or inaction on somebody else's part. But that's what I was trying to make myself do, but I couldn't because it wasn't on me. I did now, had I not marketed, had I not gone out and pubbed my show and sold tickets and this and this, had I not done those things, then maybe I could have felt like I had, could have done more but I did what I was supposed to do. So I had to forgive myself for allowing myself to get caught up in that yuck moment of blah. You know, I had to be like, okay, girl, isn't, isn't it? You didn't even, you could, you did everything you were supposed to do. And the funny thing is today I got an email from Eventbrite that said, your deposit is on its way. <laughs> so I still made some money off of it. Right. I still made some money. So I have to make sure that I am mature enough and aware enough to know that as long as I'm doing the right thing, as long as I'm doing my part to move this train forward, then I can't lose sight. I can't lose tracking on other people. Didn't I just say that shit about what happened at work? Oh my God. I'm like, I just had a revelation. Like, oh, that's the same exact thing that happened at work. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I can't afford to be derailed by the bullshit around me. And that applies to both situations. Wow. I literally just had like an epiphany sitting here saying this out loud. Same situations. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, the circus can go however it wants next to me, around me. But as long as I'm on my path and moving where I'm supposed to move, everything else is going to fall into place. So I'm excited. You know, I feel better. I'm glad I talked through that just now because I didn't even realize those were the same situations. Like I didn't even realize because it's happening in two different parts of my life. I didn't even realize that those were literally the same test of me, right? The same huh that's really interesting what anyway so yeah so uh 
I'm over that now. Y'all know when I talk through something, I'd be like, whatever, I'm over it. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm done. But yeah, so that's very interesting. So anyway, so Joy Exposed Live, I'm not going to do that in Tampa anymore. Well, not at that venue. If it comes up, I'll figure out what I'm going to do. But, you know, so I had to take that off my books. Got a great experience from it. Met some amazing people. And I learned a little bit more about myself. You know, every time I do something new, I learn a little bit more about myself. So that's kind of cool. So quitting. So this is where quitting comes in. And I wanted to talk about this a little bit before we go. You know, our time goes by so fast. We're down to, it's 9.48 already. So let's talk about quitting. I always think like right before you quit. And I say 15 seconds before you quit. And I was telling Faceless Love, and he said, what if it's, what about 15 minutes? So maybe the time, the indicator is, is relative to the amount of time that you have in what you're doing. And I was doing my yoga yesterday morning, and it was about 48 minutes, about 50-minute session. Now, I had been doing it only for about 20 minutes. When in my mind, I was thinking, fuck, I'm not doing this, fuck it. Like, I had already decided I was going to quit. But instead of me quitting, I was just like, have I felt like this before? Like, is this what I feel like when I'm getting ready to quit? So what do I feel like right before I quit? Like, is it my adrenaline starts pumping? Is it I'm sweating? Am I tired? Am I in pain? What's, what's the trigger that makes quit come to mind? What's the trigger that makes, ah, I'm going to quit? So I just was thinking about that. And I wonder if people recognize how they get stuck in these places because they're, they have quit. They've quit moving forward. They've quit growing because they feel like they are where they are. They're doing what they're going to do. And it could be in a job. It could be in anything, it, anything that you feel like. I. If It could be in a relationship that sucks. It could be in a job that you don't like. It pays you good money, but you like it. And you stay there. You don't go anywhere else because you've quit. You've decided this is where you're going to be. So that's kind of what I was thinking. And you know, there's got to be something, some internal mechanism that makes us decide to quit. I'm done. Because I could have quit in my yoga at 20 minutes. And then what? Lay back down? <laughs> Remember, the bed is your enemy. I had already been up in that bitch like four days. It was time for me to do something else. So I was doing the yoga and I started concentrating on, instead of I'm going to quit, I started concentrating on how my body and my mind felt telling me I need to quit. Because I have a saboteur that lives inside of me. I know there's a saboteur in me that tries to get me to stop being amazing. I know, but that's me working against myself. That's me working against myself. And I don't have a problem saying that because something inside of me sometimes wants to quit. I wanted to quit when the Joy Exposed Live didn't work. And it's some shit that had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me and I was ready to quit. Right? I wanted to quit when 
somebody was unhappy with me about a job that I did and they were unhappy. That shit ain't got nothing to do with me either, right? I did what I'm supposed to do. You unhappy, that's fucking on you. I did what I was supposed to do. So there's something. I wanted to quit when I climbed Kennesaw Mountain. When I started climbing Kennesaw Mountain, I wanted to quit. But once I started really climbing and running up that bitch, I didn't need to quit. What I wanted to do then was quit the second time on the way up. Okay, I did it once. I'm going to run down. I'm going to go up again. So the second time up, then it's time for me to quit. I've reached that edge, right? You reach that point where you're like, I'm done. So, and me doing my yoga was nothing like climbing Kennesaw Mountain. And Kennesaw Mountain was nothing like climbing Mount Vesuvius when I was in Italy. So I've run into these places where I want to quit. I've wanted to quit in my relationship with Faceless Love. He'll tell you. I've told y'all before, I would break up with his ass every month. Because I felt like it wasn't going to go any further. But that was me and my lack of relationship experience. That was me. Now that had to do with me. It didn't have to do with him. That was on me because I was fearful of what was on the other side of relationship. What was on the other side? And if you can build a bridge and get over the fear, it's all gravy, right? I talked about that a couple weeks ago. So that's what I just want people to consider. Are you doing everything that you can do? Are you really just putting yourself out there to get everything that you can get? I talked to my mom today and I was telling her, we were talking about going to DC to the African American Museum, the Smithsonian. And she hasn't gone and I've gone twice. I went with my son and I went with Faceless Love. And I told my mom, I said, you know what's funny about me going to that museum? And she said, what? I said, I realized going through that museum and looking at the history of this country from all aspects, not just African-American view, English, British, everywhere. But when I was looking at that and looking at what people endured, coming from other countries to work the land here, to work as slaves in the United States, to own slaves in the United States, to be moved from one place to the next, to choke and die off the throw up of the person pinned to the ground next to you, right? So I said, when I went through that museum and I looked at all of that history and what people endured up and even to still to this day, the bullshit that happens to this day, I feel like I'm a bitch. I'm a coward. I'm a punk ass spoiled bitch because I don't do enough for people who came before me. For the people who came before me and who died and who worked their asses off picking cotton 16, 18, 20 hours a day, baby strapped to them. And I complain because I'm sleepy at work. Shit. I was like, when I was like, no. That's why I try not to complain anymore. That's why I try to wrap my mind around the idea that I'm a machine. I'm a human ass machine and I'm capable of so much. So when I think I'm going to quit 
and I'm doing yoga in the air-conditioned comfort of my home, is that the same quitting as, say, I'm out in the field picking cotton? I'm hanging off the side of a mountain trying to lay some railroad tracks. Like, what exactly is quitting? Like, literally, what is your breaking point to quit? And when do you get comfortable enough to say, I quit? And let that shit go and be done with it, right? That's what I have been thinking about. What does quitting mean? I know I'm great. I know I can do an hour two hours of yoga without breaking a sweat. I know I can do all of that, but because I haven't done it in a long time and I let myself get into a lazy rut of being in love with my bed and potato chips and shit, then I'm getting, it's comfortable here. And anything outside of being horizontal in my bed is gonna get me to a point of wanting to quit. Well, that's not how, that's not what quitting is. Put some, Define it. What does it look like? Put some perspective to what quitting looks like. Put some perspective on it. If I can't do 48 minutes of yoga in my air-conditioned bedroom in my floor, can I work 18, 20 hours picking cotton with my hands bleeding and my baby strapped to my back and dragging that big-ass bag? Can I do that? Can I be chained to a damn ship? For months, or throw myself off the side of it to my own death? Is that quitting? You know, when do you get to the point that you're ready to quit? And what does it mean for you to quit? And that's what we all have to remember. Quitting is our punk ass self, quitting is our saboteur. Why, that's our internal self telling us that I can't, that you can't. But the universe has already designed you to can. You've already been designed to be pushed to the max and do the most that you can possibly do. You can think I'm a quit, but as long as you don't quit, you're going to keep fucking going. <laughs> you're going to keep going. That's how it works. People are like, I'm at the end of my rope. Okay, let go and see what happens. Let go of your rope. You're going to hit right the ground, stand up and keep it moving. That's it. If you're chosen to be here and this is what you're supposed to be doing and you got a mission, you ain't no quitting. You can lay in bed all you want and your soul will be restless. You will never get to a point of peace. I don't care how long you lay there. You be like, I just want some peace and quiet. Peace and quiet ain't finna do shit to you because you need the noise. You need the movement. You need to get your ass active and you need to start doing something. I'm I'm preaching to you guys. I am because I, this is what I have to tell myself when I feel horrible. And this is when my daughters, my mom, my faceless love, they'll ask me, how you doing? All right. I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. Well, you don't sound like it. I'm good. Well, well, what else I'm gonna be? What I'm a, I'm bad. I'm what? I got a great job. Two great jobs. I've written some amazing books. I have access to people via YouTube and Facebook and SoundCloud and Spotify. I've got access to a crowd. I'm happy. I'm healthy. So because I'm having a suck-ass moment, I'm going to complain about it? Fuck no. Because there's a lot of sucky moments out there. Trust me, I've been in them. A lot of suck-ass moments. But Every moment ain't as suck-ass as other moments. 
you have to choose how you're going to look at them. And you have to choose how bad they're going to, how bad can it be? Shit. People always say, it ain't as bad as it could be. Guess what? It ain't as good as it could be either. So let me keep going so I can make it better. Because it ain't as bad as it could be don't make no sense. It ain't as good as it's going to be because I'm going to keep the fuck moving forward, right? I'm going forward. I ain't worried about how bad it can be. I'm thinking about how good it's going to be because I need to keep going because I can't quit. So we have to get in that space. So if you find yourself laying around your bed, doing nothing, watching, looking for videos to watch, go to YouTube and pull up Yoga by Adrian. Put in, do one of those yoga sessions. You feel like a million bucks. Trust me. Your skin looks so good too, so clear, smile all bright. So don't forget, past episodes, it's 10 o'clock already, so download past episodes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. You can get everything from my website, JoycelynWells.com. You can download your tickets from Eventbrite from my website. And uh, remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey, Monique. Thank you, baby.